0: listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Sweet. Uh, so I, I don't know if I introduced myself. I'm Logan. Uh, I know all of us in here know me, but I don't know who's out there. So if you don't know me, my name is Logan. Uh, I am the associate pastor here at Mission Ridge. Uh, the plan was for Rob, the senior pastor, to be preaching this message. But he was not feeling well. His tummy was upset. And so I was like, get out of here, leave, go, be gone. Because we freak out about being sick now. Um, Well, you know, it's just being smart. So y'all, Lori, this is just for you. Y'all get stuck with me again. (laughs) Two weeks in a row. Scott, are you going to be able to handle it? I don't know. Gordon's like, yes. All right, cool. Um, Anyway, let's dive into this sermon about sowing and reaping. Now, I am terrible at sowing. I've always been more of a knitter myself, but I don't think we're talking about that today because we're we're in this series of my part, God's part, and their part. We're talking about discipleship. The last couple of weeks, we're in week four of this. The first week, we said... uh, uh, we talked about, will you say yes to discipleship? It was uh, the kind of big takeaway was make a decision. Will you become a disciple to make disciples? If you want to throw up that week one slide there, Anitra. Will you become a di- disciple that makes disciples? We talked about, it's not, we're not just called to be a, like, just throw out a prayer and, you know, uh, at a person, right? This is not a prayer in a person. This is discipleship. This is, we're called to be to follow Jesus, to be changed by Jesus, to be on mission with Jesus. We talked about this that first week. And then the next week, week two, it said, say yes to the opportunities that God puts before you. I forgot another quotation mark. Well done, Logan. My goodness, there's supposed to be a quotation mark after that yes. I forgot that on last week's sermon too. Anyway, say yes to the opportunities God puts before you. He puts the right people in the right place at the right time. Okay, God is the heavy lifter in the relationships. In, in coming to know him, he does most of the work. We also know that God is the one who draws people to Christ. He convicts and he reveals truth. He causes the spiritual growth. And so when we feel God pulling us to that, when we feel God leading us into something, whether as somebody who is, needs to be a disciple or somebody who is making disciples and God is leading us to something in our spiritual growth, we need to say yes to the opportunities that God puts before us. <clears throat> and then last week, uh, Logan last week talked about, oh, that's me, uh, powerful tool. It's so weird reading his notes and trying to like flip-flop verbs and stuff. Anyway, uh, Logan, last, me last week, talked about this. He called it a powerful tool for discipleship it's a powerful tool. <laughs> Oof. Not that powerful. Jesus shared his life. Jesus shared his life. We talked about this last week. Uh, and my care group in Moscow with Megan, the story of, of, of Megan, whoo, good old Megan. And, and where we created a culture that Megan could come in and she could build relationships and ask questions and hear God's word and come to know Christ ultimately. Now, Megan is creating that same environment for others. She's leading a care group. I think I mentioned this last week. My sister was like in her care group, and it was really weird for me. I was like, whoa. <clears throat> Worlds colliding. It was a George Costanza moment. Uh, but where I left it last week was this we need to pursue authentic relationships with people in the mess that we need to be not afraid to enter into the mess the same way that Jesus wasn't afraid to go have dinner at Zacchaeus's house. We need to enter into the mess, meet people where they are at might be a better way to think of it for you. <clears throat> so this week, oh yeah, that's right. One more announcement. Next slide. Here we go. One more announcement on us here. Next week, we will be sharing our faith in the community because we're talking about sharing our faith, about sowing and reaping, right? Now, some of you have seen these before. These are, these are tracks. They're phenomenal. Everybody loves a track, right? Uh, I actually have a collection of these. These are, these are all my favorites. If you want to peruse them sometime, you can. We're going to go share our faith in the community next week. Rob thought this sounded like a great idea. We're going to get out there. We're going to hand out some tracks and save some people. Man. Man. It's so much easier to say fake news with a mask on. <laughs> I don't know whether my eyes were giving this away, but we're not doing this. This is, this is total fake news. 2020 got you again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll, these are going to come back. We'll talk about them in a moment. Um, but Rob posed this question this week to a lot of us. I think he threw it out on the Marco Polo channel. <clears throat> about why is sharing our faith hard? When I mentioned that we were going to go out and like evangelize people, I, I, the, the thought of that makes me like, oh, I go limbic, bad memories, right? Some of you probably have the same experience if you're like, oh, I've done that. I don't know if I want to do that. That's not going door to door like a Jehovah Witness is not, my, that's not what I signed up for at Mission Ridge. Why is, sharing, why is sharing our faith hard? Why is that difficult? <clears throat> Some of the reasons that we got here where it, might be, where it might be difficult is it takes us out of our comfort zone. We're not sure of what to say, maybe. We're afraid of judgment or reaction from people, right? There's a reason we can make jokes about Mormon missionaries or Jehovah Witness people that come knock on your door, right? Like I have a lot of respect for those people actually because that that's that's tough. That is tough to do. <clears throat> I might differ in opinion on the you know whether or not that's the right tactic, but I have a lot of respect for door to door. We feel like a lot of times evangelism can feel like sales. Which is probably not there there are certain people that are like, Yeah, I will, I will sell ice to an Eskimo and I will sell a beta fish to Logan because it's an easy sale. He needs at least six more. And then there are the rest of us that are like, yeah, I really don't like pushing and trying to get people to, to buy stuff. I really don't want to do that. Um, we have fear about living up to certain Christian stereotypes or we're insecure about what we might know, right? People might ask us questions and, and we can't just hand them a track with all of the answers. That's, we, d- we don't necessarily have a paper with all of that summed up to just hand them. Because that would be easy. That would be, that'd be easy. <clears throat> or maybe you've shared before and it didn't go well. Had a bad experience with that. People got mad, maybe. <clears throat> What does it mean to sow and to reap? Because this, when we talk about evangelism, when we talk about sharing, it's sowing. It's sowing in the biblical sense. This is, the, this is, this is what Jesus talks about. So we're going to have a look today at John 4. <clears throat> and at the beginning of John 4, at the, the beginning of the story that we're, we're talking about here, Jesus stops at a well and he sends his disciples into town for food and after a highly spiritual conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well, so we've talked about this story before in the past. I'm not sure when the last time we talked about it, but we have this conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well, and that is a phenomenal conversation. But this, this woman goes into the town, and she tells the whole community about Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples return with the food. So Jesus sent them out to get food. And they return and they say, Rabbi, eat. And he says, I have food to eat that you do not know about. And the disciples are like, why would we just go into the Samaritan town if you had food? Put yourself in their shoes for a moment. This is like, why are you punking us, Jesus? Why are you messing with us? Because he just sent them into town for the food. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of the Father. And they were like, would you like a sandwich also? That doesn't sound very filling. Sounds filling, but might still have some grumblies in the tummy, right? And then this whole crowd of Samaritans are heading towards Jesus. They're all coming out of the town towards Jesus and the disciples. And we, the disciples are already nervous about being in Samaria probably because we know that the Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along. They would walk all the way around. That's like trying to think of a good example here. It's like, I want to get to Coeur but I really don't want to go through Wallace. So I'm going to go the long way around through Lolo and Moscow to get to Coeur to avoid Wallace. They don't like Samaria. And so the entire town is coming out now and the disciples are thinking, what did Jesus say? And are we about to get tarred and feathered? The crowd's now in eyesight of Jesus and disciples and, and Jesus now that he has their attention for sure, he says this, and we pick it up in verse 35. He says, do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Do you not say this? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice. For, this, for in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. The disciples are about to reap an eternal harvest here with Jesus. The Samaritans are coming out and he's going to teach them and we're going to have conversations with them. Jesus is saying, we're about to reap, but we didn't sow this. They weren't there for countless conversations. They didn't spend sleepless nights praying for these people. They didn't contemplate endlessly how they could help them connect with God. They're just there to reap interesting kind of sounds a little bit like last week's story with Zacchaeus where it it kind of just happened like real quick right Jesus shows up and he's like hey you're in a tree I'm going to your house to eat and then Zacchaeus is like absolutely and I repent I mean if evangelism was that easy I'd do it all the time go find all the people in the trees. Like, doesn't that seem a little too easy? Reaping in comparison to sowing feels easy. And let's be honest, it is so much more fun. And the disciples here in this story, I just thought of this, the disciples are going to be there for these conversations with people. But Jesus did all the hard work with the conversation of the woman at the well. Even more so, they're just there to like, we're gonna go pick some apples, right? Like everybody loves to go to farms during harvest time. We're gonna go pick a pumpkin or we're gonna go pick huckleberries or well That one you do have to work for. You gotta go find those things. I don't know why you would. They're small and spherical. Just leave them out there. Give them to the bears. It's much safer. Oh, man. Lost the room there. Everybody has turned against me. <clears throat> Yikes. But we like to go to farms. We go pick strawberries. We go pick pumpkins, cherries, apples, you name it, right? This time of year, people want to get their their farmer on. Flower Flower farms. Oh, my goodness. Those are my favorite. I'm going to pay you to go pick these flowers, to go do the labor of picking these flowers. And then I'm going to pay you for, anyway. Meanwhile, you could just go find flowers in nature. I don't know. But the reaping sounds way more fun, right? People seem to like that more. Jesus seems to indicate that sowing and reaping are different. The Apostle Paul uses this idea of sowing and reaping too. We uh, zip forward here a little bit to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Little 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, where Paul is saying, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. That's all they are. That's all I am, he's saying. As the Lord assigned to each. And then he says this, this verse 6 I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. God gave the growth. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. Jesus and Paul are both working off of this passage out of Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. It says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is a lot of farming analogy. We have an ecological picture here. There's your five dollar word for the day. A little ecological picture. Rob has an analogy that he likes to use, and this is a great analogy of a tomato plant because what we see here I planted Apollos watered God gave the growth regardless of who's there to reap and pick it afterwards in the life of a tomato plant it lasts apparently a thousand and eight hours it's roughly a thousand and eight hours I don't know why you wouldn't round down to a thousand those last eight hours are where they get really tasty, apparently. But let's break down the life of this tomato plant. Let's break it down into God part, God's part and my part with this tomato. It's always the tomatoes.
0: <laughs> Ooh,
1: God's part. He brings the rain. He causes the sun to rise day after day. He causes the seed to germinate, the enzymes in the soil. He makes sure that every second of those 1,008 hours happen. That's what God does. Specifically, like, all right, brings the rain. We could water, right? And, and sun to rise, you could use a grow lamp, I guess. Although I would make the case that those never taste as good but he causes the seed to germinate. You can do everything right. Trust me, I've done this. Not a super green thumb. You can do everything quote unquote right. Follow the instructions perfectly. And if those seeds don't germinate, there's no tomato. There's just dirt with apparently bad seeds in it. God's got to make that happen. What's my part? In this process, well, I prepare the soil, get it ready to go, and I plant the seed, and I weed every so often, maybe, I fertilize, maybe, and then I harvest the tomatoes at the end. That's like 0.5% of the time versus 99.5% of the time that God is carrying the load. And you're like, what does this have to do with sowing and reaping, Logan? It's the same thing in Isaiah 55. God's saying his word will not return empty. It will accomplish God's purpose. It will succeed according to God's design. So when we play our part, when I play my part, when Paul plays his part and Apollo plays his part, God gives the growth and good things happen. I shared last week about Megan, right? Right? We're going to keep on with this analogy because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful example. The care group that we were in sowed the seeds for more than a year. We were sowing those seeds. We, I had no idea if she was, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really expect it to happen like it did. It took me by surprise a little bit. We were sowing these seeds. For more than a year, we introduced the words of Jesus to Megan. She showed up to group and she would hear us having conversations, wrestling through the text. It wasn't, we weren't just throwing, you know, words. We weren't like, oh, here, you need to know this verse. And now that you're here at care group, we're going to memorize this with you. And let me walk you through the Romans road. No, we didn't take that approach. <clears throat> we were just getting to know the word ourselves. And we were wrestling through things on our own or on our own as a group saying, we're reading about city gates and there's also this immigration thing going on and we got to figure out a way to bridge the gap. I remember that conversation so well. There was a lot of really serious wrestling that occurred in our group that day and continued for weeks with this conversation. And Megan was there for it. Just soaking it in. Soaking it in. Getting to know the words of Jesus through us talking about it. And God's word did not return void. It accomplished his purpose. It succeeded in his design. Megan grew. Megan sprouted. The tomato plant suddenly appeared, and we were like, what? I didn't know that we planted that one. What a happy accident. Well, Bob Ross. Megan was listening way more than any of us probably knew or expected. At least at the beginning, I didn't expect that. Didn't, didn't realize it, maybe. Maybe. Reminds me of the, the parable of the sower, right? We've got a, a guy going out and flinging out seed. It's uh, Matthew 13, I think. <clears throat> the parable of the sower where he's going out and he's thrown out seed, and the seed lands on various types of soil. Some of the soil is is rocky and and some of it is, is good soil. Some of it's fertile, but it's got weeds in it, and they choke out, you know, the plant springs up, and it chokes them out. Go back and review this parable. It's, this is one of my favorite parables. And a lot of times, we will take that parable, and we'll hear it taught in a way that makes it sound like, oh, this is about evangelism, right? You've probably heard that parable taught in the manner of, This is what you need to do. You need to just go out and fling it. And some of it's going to land with people that have ears to hear. And some of it is going to land on people that just don't get it. Right? And we don't worry about the rocky soil. We don't worry about the birds that are going to come eat the seed. We just throw, our job is to throw out the seed to just plant the seed. That's the most trackish sort of thing I've ever heard. I'm just going to go make sure it gets out there, right? But that parable, I think Jesus is, he's talking more to the soil, if you will. God's word is the seed. We are the soil in that parable. God is talking to the people and he's saying what, Jesus is saying, what type of soil are you going to be? Are you rich, fertile soil? Are you soil that has stuff in it that's gonna turn into weeds? Are you soil that's rocky and won't take, it just won't listen to it? Are you a path that people are able to just pull you apart? What, what type of soil are you in this parable? And God is, God is talking to you in this parable about what are you going to do to make sure that you are fertile soil so that when my word lands on you. When you hear my truth, you blossom. You grow good fruit. It's not it's not it's not about evangelism in that sense. Sowing Sowing is not about planting seeds. When I when I work in my grandpa's garden back home when I would help him, we would spend so much more of our time preparing the soil we spent so much time rototilling oh my gosh like we're wait we just rototilled that yesterday why are we doing it again okay all right but by the time we got to the point where you would plant I could I couldn't step on the soil that we were going to plant in because it was so nice. And if I stepped down, even with my gargantuan snowshoe of a foot, I would sink six inches into that stuff and just be like, whoops, got a rototill again because I just messed up that whole, roll, whole row, right? We spent so much time getting that soil. And year after year, we would do the same thing. You would pull out the weeds. You would rototill. You would go through all of this prep work, you work in some fertilizer maybe. You would rotate the crops around paying attention to the soil to make sure that the soil was receptive to the seed. That's what's going on in this parable. That's what sowing is about. Sowing is about getting that soil prepared. And sometimes I'm, I mean, I'm not around for harvest now. So I might get some of the stuff. I happened to be down there when the peaches were ready this year. I was pretty excited about that only got attacked by a couple of them as they were like blowing off the tree into my face i haven't had corn though oh man corn was my favorite we'd spend a lot of time on corn and oh i missed that i haven't been home for that everybody eats it then i don't get any it's very sad it's very sad rabbit trailed myself sorry now i'm hungry This was a terrible idea to teach this on an empty stomach. My goodness. Sowing is about preparing the soil. And in that parable of the sower, if you want to take it in an evangelistic sense, which is fine, our part in that parable is to help others prepare their soil. It's not to throw seed at them necessarily it's to help them prepare the soil and to identify maybe when the soil is ready to go and say all right now we can throw some seed what we did with Megan we helped her prepare the soil of her heart she had some hurts that she had to work through and community helped her work through those I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again where people come, and then the soil has to be tilled. And people help do that, whether that's Paul, whether that's Apollos, whether that's whoever, if you catch my drift here. And it's not always the same person that takes them all the way through the process. This parable of the sower brings us to our implication for today. We're going to start off with their part, their part. So if you're in the position where you are being invested in, where God is doing something in your life, your part is to show up and listen. That's what their part is. Their part is to listen. Like last week, all Megan had to do was show up. That was her part. That was, that was their part last week, to share your life. You just have to show up if you're the person. This week the, once they show up, now all you got to do the next step for them, the, all they have to do is listen. Now, until they are ready to listen, do not be that person with a blowhorn. Bullhorn? Why is he a bullhorn? Should be a bullhorn. Ah, huh, that's a shortcoming under notes. It Says blowhorn. Or is that an error? What is a blowhorn? I got to look this up now. Maybe, I don't know. You could have a blowhard on a bullhorn. There we go. That's what we're looking for. Don't be that person though. I remember uh, on the U of I campus, there was a guy that would always stand, maybe he's still doing it, I hope not. Uh, He would stand in the middle near the commons and people would walk through and I got yelled at that guy wearing a Jesus t-shirt that I was going to hell. And I was very confused by this seeing as I think I was working at the church at that point, so I was really confused as to why he decided with my Jesus Loves You t-shirt, literally it said that. <laughs> is that effective? Not so much. Not so much. Don't be that, the picket signs, that, what that is, is trying to force them to do their part. And as we've talked about, my part, God's part, their part, I can't do God's part and I can't do their part. They have to do their part. I can't force them into it. Maybe some of you have sensed God is leading you to know him. That puts you in in this position. Your part right now Just listen. Have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand. Just be receptive to it. Soak it up. Work on the soil that God is planting in. Which takes us to God's part. God's part is, he does the heavy lifting. All they have to do is listen. God does the heavy lifting. He puts the right people in the right place at the right time. It's his job to draw people. It's his job to convict people, not the guy with the bullhorn or the blowhorn. It's his job to reveal truth. It's his job to reveal, he causes the spiritual growth. This is God's part. And through his word, it will not return empty, will not it will accomplish God's purpose, and it will succeed according to God's design. He's going to do 99.5% of the work in this. It's what he does. He's God. Don't try to steal his part. Which bring me, brings me to my part. What's the my part here? My part is to share the word of Je- the words of Jesus when God provides the opportunity. <coughs> There are a couple of key things here. Share the words of Jesus when God provides the opportunity. So what are we going to do? We're going to share. When are we going to do it? When God provides the opportunity. And I would add a "how How are you? Design. Everybody's going to have a slightly different design. Everybody's going to have a slightly different way of sharing and sewing everyone has a slightly different part to play. Remember that list of fears? I, w- I would bet that most of us look at that list of fears, takes us out of our comfort zone, not sure what to say, fear of judgment or rejection, fear of living up to certain Christian principles, insecure of how much we know, uh, we've shared before and had nothing happen, or they got mad, or is it like sales? Some of those probably strike you and you say, oh yeah, that's me. And some of them are probably like, eh, no, I'm not, I don't really... I don't mind selling things to people. Or, you know, no, every time I've shared, it's gone pretty well, maybe. Or, I'm not really afraid of judgment or rejection. That probably speaks to your design a little bit. That's something that probably could be wrestled with in care group this week. Like, what does this look like for me? What does this look like for you? How has this worked in the past? Share the words of Jesus when God provides the opportunity. So what does that look like? What do I need to do if I'm going to do that? What what do I need to load up? What ammunition do I need before I go to the range if I'm going to share the words of Jesus when God provides the opportunities? <clears throat> well, that takes us to our next steps. Step 1. I need to know his words. It's really hard to share the words of Jesus, the word of God, which will not return empty, which will accomplish God's purpose, which will succeed if I don't know it. Can't share what I don't know. Now, this might look like LTG, joining a life transforming group. This might look like care group. These are both great places to learn about God's word. This might look like in your weekly Sabbath, taking time to spend in God's word. This might look like a daily devotion. Like, I I can't tell you exactly what this looks like for you because we're all designed differently. I can give you suggestions. But I do know that you need to know his words if you're going to share. If we are going to sow, we have to know his words. The next one is we have to practice having spiritual conversations in community. If, if I sat down at the piano for a recital and I had never played the piece before. I don't even need to like gloss this up in any way, shape or form. That would be a disaster. It would not go well. They could plop music down in front of me, and I still wouldn't have a darn clue because I was a terrible sight reader. I had to spend hours and hours and hours preparing and practicing, and I would practice having performances. Like we would get together as music majors, the the piano class, we would get together on Fridays, and it was group, we called it group therapy. Um, <clears throat> and it was group piano, and we would get together and we would practice performing in front of each other because for a lot of people, performing is terrifying. And I had some friends, like, they would get up there to play and their hands are just, they got, they got the palsy or something. Like, they are shaking like a 9.0 earthquake is going on. Now, some of us just needed the encouragement to actually get the things learned so that you you know, there was the embarrassment of, yeah, I played like crap in front of everyone. And so that encouraged people. I wasn't worried about performing. I just, you know, didn't want to prepare until the last minute. So that gave me a lot of last minutes to get ready for. Um, But if, if we didn't practice before, if I, if I didn't practice performing in that manner, it was going to go badly in the same way. If, if you don't practice having these conversations about having conversation. And I don't mean evangelistic, like let me convert you conversations. It's not apologetics in that sense. Apologetics has its place. Don't get me wrong. But that's not the conversations we're talking about. We're talking about having spiritual conversations, just wrestling with what is God telling me? These are the conversations we have every week in LTG or in care group or if you're hanging around around Rob at all. And probably around me. Beyond I probably do it too, don't I? Oh. I'm turning into Rob. Yikes. You got to make these spiritual conversations second nature. Um, oh, he used my analogy on the notes. I didn't even see that. It was like shooting free throws. I switched it. I went piano. <laughs> but it is. It's like shooting enough free throws. It's practicing your drive. It's pra- Anything that, like, apply this to your own, you have to practice these things. So that when you get up to the free throw line, you don't think about it. You just do it. And you can be like Michael Jordan and close your eyes and still do it, which is amazing. If not, you look like, oh, that was good. You look like Shaq at the free throw line. Don't do that. Don't be Shaq. Be like Mike. (laughs) That was good. Third one. Last step. Continue to prepare the soil by building relational capital. This is almost like a part two of last week's in a lot of ways. You build the relational capital that's going to create space Spiritual conversations. This is the difference between me showing up. <sighs> this is my personal favorite. You should all read this. It's hilarious afterwards. Um, you showing up to somebody's door, cold calling them, or on the street, and saying, Hey, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior? Which occasionally, I will throw this out there God has prepared that soil, and occasionally that works. And you're like, that was cool. It does work. However, disclaimer. Me personally, I've seen that happen once. I have never experienced that. I have, on the other hand, experienced many times where I spend week after week, day after day, year after year sometimes, having conversation after conversation after conversation with people. Not about converting them, about getting to know them, about investing in their life, about becoming their friend, about developing those relationships. And when I prepare the soil like that, because don't get me wrong, that is what I am doing. I am preparing soil in so many ways. My soil, their soil, everybody's soil is getting prepared. It's like Oprah. When I do that, those conversations become so much easier and they just naturally happen because I've made it second nature and I've prepared the soil then and then good stuff happens and then you're like, all right, Megan's getting baptized or all right, Billy is going into youth ministry and gonna go, what? When did that happen? That's another fun one. Build the relational capital that will create the space for spiritual conversations. It's preparing the soil. That's, that's how we get to the reaping part, which we all determined was the fun part. We get to go pick our flowers, make our bouquets, pay to do that. That's the fun part. The hard work is preparing the soil. And it's long, and it takes time. It doesn't just go like that a lot of times. It takes years in some cases. Rob his, his, his analogy, or his uh, example uh, forget the guy's name. It's the guy that he worked with in the Air Force. What was that like it was like 20 years, or half a millennium, because Rob's ancient of days, I'm not sure which one. Like, it was a long time. That was probably before I was born. Love you, buddy. (laughs) This doesn't go quick all the time. It's a long, slow process. And just takes daily investment in this. But if we break it down and we don't try to take God's part, if I don't try to force God's part, That goes so much better. I just handle my part. God always handles his part. And then hopefully they handle their part.
0: They listen. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.